0: Hey, this is Jamie Kennedy from Scream, and being in Scream is really scary, but being in New Jersey is scarier. You're listening to Alone in the Dark podcast. Ooh, smooches.
1: Good evening. This place
0: is cursed.
2: podcast listeners this is maddie from the alone in the dark podcast and you're listening to like i said the alone in a dark podcast and i'm never alone when i have my best bud mike on the other end what's up Mike? hey maddie what's up buddy <laughs> oh episode
3: 46 46 dude we uh we, 46 we did it <laughs> i feel like every podcast we're like we did it we made it yeah, to it's, another it's, one it's like Giving birth.
2: It's like, oh, God, I don't know.
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> I didn't mean to be insensitive, by the way, to our female listeners. But um, No, yeah, yeah I couldn't so, even
3: endure that ever.
2: <laughs> no, I would never be able to, and that's why women no. give birth. Yes. Definitely, for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is another uh, another episode. We have a really good one for you tonight. And uh, this let's just say that this is the beginning of a really good
3: time. Yeah, there you go. That's a good way to describe it. I like that, Maddie. Um, so you know, I, I, just wanted to, uh, congratulate you, um, because you did a lot, you did the writing for our last podcast, the, uh, sleepaway camp special. So congrats, yes. Manny. That was, uh, Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. I,
2: uh, Hey, no, not necessary. I had a ball <laughs> doing it. I took it a lot longer than I thought I was going to, but I just kept having fun and expanding it and just pulling more lines from the film, you know, and it was just a really, a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, no, it was great. And, uh, big thanks to, uh, to Jen Wolf and and Kay Lynn for, for acting and, uh, you know, being our two main characters, you know? Which, yes.
2: We were in uh, the, our only cameo was the radio, um, with our song on the radio. I know the, that's it. We, yep. we
3: were not in it at all, which was kind of, uh, interesting, you know, I thought we talked about doing something where we were going to jump in, but I think no. we just, I think we forgot.
2: <laughs> no, no, I think the Hitchcock, I think the Hitchcock cameo was a lot better dude. It was, it was, it was a more fun way to kind of, creative way to put us in there
3: yes yes but uh but anyway because we don't want to hear our voices anyway no no that's yeah that's not what what this is about but it's it's more about you know just our love of horror but so you know i i just would love to hear from people what they thought of that one so if you guys could shoot us a message on instagram twitter or even facebook facebook or email us too um you know we'd love to hear from you Uh, just be curious to hear what you guys thought you know we've definitely heard from a bunch of people but uh the more people we hear from about those type of podcasts we we'd like to hear what your thoughts are
2: definitely because you know in the future every once in a while it would be nice to to do something that's really original like that so let us know if it's some feedback that's what you guys would want to hear
3: yeah no it was it was super fun that was a lot of fun so uh so what have you been up to maddie it's uh it's back it's back to work. I know it's fall, buddy. Back to school, right? Yeah.
2: Back to school, back to work. You know the clients always show up. You know how that goes. Yeah,
3: but it's no uh downtime. We've had up here in New Jersey, we've had a couple cool days, right? Last week we had some nice fall days. It felt, you know, very much uh it was exciting, you know, but today yeah, was Friday d-
2: morning, right? When you woke up, it was Ooh. like, almost had a- for the collar up
3: man it was, oh, nice. it was great so i'm excited man excited to do this podcast as our kind of like our, our kickoff to the halloween season you know this is always an exciting time for uh, for everybody right this is uh, this yes. is our time as i always say so this is super great so w- what have you seen matty like uh, anything good lately
2: i'm trying to think um, I know we, it's so funny because we we spent we go like a month between podcasts at least and I'm sitting there trying yeah. to scratch my head. So it was Friday the 13th this past Friday right yes. let's just acknowledge that. It's mm-hmm. the end of the uh, the Friday the 13th weekend here. Um, I know you saw it last week.
3: Yes, it chapter two mm-hmm.
2: and I'm gonna try to go this week. Awesome. Um, to go see that. So I'm looking forward to that. Um I was watching and I have part I put Jason Lives part six. That was the one I chose to put on this Friday
3: the thirteenth. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I watched uh part four with my son Mikey, uh which was Oh uh, what do you think? He he loved it. Yeah, he thought it was great, you know. It's like Corey's first debut, right? So uh, he was excited to see that, and uh yeah he he really enjoyed it i I forgot how much I liked that one you know it 's just kind of a fun one and some really good effects that that 's like I know that was part of our Friday kills episode, but the uh the machete in the face where he slides down the machete like oh so so oh, amazing yeah. such a good <laughs> such a good kill, but that was fun i mean there's
2: so many that that's that 's the greatest hits of great kills in that movie it really is
3: yeah, for sure, yeah, definitely um anything else that you want to mention any shows or anything?
2: I haven't been getting, you know, I did start, uh, Netflix got, uh, you know, well, not just got, but they had uh, Twilight Zone. So I started actually watching from episode one, oh, season one. Nice. Yeah. So I went back, I got through about 10 of them so far. Oh, um, that's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I a lot of these I haven't seen, you know?
3: So good. So good. That's great. How about you? Anything else? You and Mike, you watch? Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, well, you, watch,
2: you did Christine, right?
3: Yeah, I did Christine, because uh, I always do that at the beginning of September. So I got that out of my system, which was which was awesome. Really enjoy that. And then um, I was just watching, before we started this, I was watching uh, Sleepy Hollow, which was kind of fun. It's on um, Amazon Prime. So okay. I just put it on, because I, I, that's another one I kind of like to watch before October for some reason. I don't know why. It just... But uh, I just, you know, I, I really enjoy that movie. I think it's I think it's a, just a fun Tim Burton movie, and I think, you know, he was kind of playful with it, you know, and Johnny Depp's so great in it. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's cast really well with Christina Ricci, and, you know, it's just a fun one. I don't know. It, it is a fun movie, you know.
2: It is very fun. It's a very, like, studio Tim Burton film, but I think – he knows how to make them so that they still have a stamp on them and they're still a lot of fun and entertaining.
3: Yeah, yeah, so that was a good one. But I wanted to uh, – you know this, but on Friday after Mikey and I watched uh, – well, actually, we watched it in pieces. We watched the beginning before we went, but we went back to that Nightmare Gravity Hill, that haunted uh, attraction down oh. in Jackson. Um, and I went with uh, our good friend Michelle, who does makeup for our movies, and her husband uh, Joe. And, uh, dude, it was so awesome because we haven't been – we went two years ago. We didn't get to go last year, um, but my son Mikey came with us, which was really fun to have. Him yeah, you along. said he wasn't
2: going to go. Yeah, you said he wasn't going to go. He was too scared.
3: Yeah, I didn't think he was, but then finally he was out with his friends during the day and he texted me. He's like, dad, I'm going to go. I'm like, all right, dude. I'm <laughs> like, "I'm like, look, once we're in there, there's no, you can't leave. You know what I mean? Because like, it takes like 40 <laughs> minutes. It's like a long walk, you know? Um, wow. but it was fun to experience with him. Uh, at one point he jumped so high, he jumped backwards and elbowed me in the chest and I like fell over. It was really funny. But, oh, um, man. but I have to give props to this haunted attraction. If anybody lives in like Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, um, Delaware, even it's like, it's worth the trip because like I said, you know, a lot of haunted houses are kind of short, you know what I mean? They're like 15, 20 minutes. This thing right. was like at least 40, 45 minutes. Um, And it's it's all outside, but then you kind of like walk you kind of transition from uh, from scene to scene. So they have all these like kind of sets set up Um, and they added some new things this year, which was really cool. Like I said, I haven't been there in two years, but um, they had this like asylum scene. You walk up and it's like you're walking into like a building and it's an asylum Dude, it wow. was so freaky and so scary. Um, the actors all did a great job. But the coolest thing, Matt, you would have loved it. And I think it's going to be there all October. So if I can if I can grab you and sneak you out so we can do it together, um, you're in like a swamp scene all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, Jason jumps out. And the actor who plays Jason looks exactly like Jason from like part six. Like he's all big and buff. Wow. It was so awesome. We like, we were all just like, yes, like we were, we weren't really scared, but we were like, yes, this is awesome. You know, just to see, uh, see Jason on Friday the 13th. Cause that's when we went, you know? Um, right. it was really cool. I just, uh, I can't say enough, I you know, cause you know me, I've been through a lot of haunted houses. Like I love haunted attractions and I tend to be disappointed. So, um, this one, I just love it. It's just so great. You know what I mean? It's a lot of fun. So if you do live in this area, uh, definitely check them out. They're, it's called the uh uh it's called Nightmare at Gravity Hill, and it's in Jackson, New Jersey. Go check it out; it's awesome.
2: Yeah, for sure, man. I, I I would love to get out and do that with you for sure.
3: Well, let's try to do it, man. It's you know we could we could do it. Uh, you know they're open Friday in October. They're open Friday through Sunday. You know what I mean? So uh, okay, yeah. So I'm sure we could figure it out. You know,
2: A little birthday outing maybe.
3: Yeah, that's right. Do for your birthday. That'd be fun. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But uh but anyway, so yeah, so we're here, man. We're here in the Halloween season and we've got an exciting podcast for everybody tonight, and we've got some fun stuff to announce, right, Matt? We got some We do. Some interesting things. So um we have started a Patreon, um, which I know is kind of like we're kind of late to the game, right, Matty, because I think a lot of the podcasts we listen to, a lot of them do this as well. Um and, you know, the reason why we do it is that we're doing it is to provide more content for people and to, you know, if people want to subscribe to us, they can and, and, and throw us, float us a couple bucks. But we're going to give you guys something back. It's not just going to be, hey, give us money. You know, we're not just here saying give us money, give us money. But we are going to give you guys some uh, bonus content, which we will mention here at the end of the podcast, so our first uh, bonus episode we're going to record after this. Right, Matt? That's right. And we have some other cool perks too. We started writing some articles and uh, we're going to post some video content there as well, like doing some reviews of movies and just kind of talking nostalgic stuff like we always do. Um, so there's two articles up there right now, right Matt? I wrote one, you wrote one. Um, that's true. Yes. And uh, what, what was yours about? Cause I think that's kind of the, the more interesting one.
2: Well, well, that's nice of you to say. Um, <laughs> I just, well, when, Couple, I guess, a month ago, whenever the news came out that the um, there was going to be two Halloween sequels, mm-hmm. Halloween Kills, no, Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, I kind of give my thoughts on on that. I yes. don't want to give too much away, but I definitely have a very very. Um, staunch stance like where I stand it's pretty clear on the whole Halloween thing
3: yeah and I was kind of surprised by your stance but you know I was uh excited you know that that you you kind of put it out there you know which is great so so that's there available um and we will post our official launch we haven't actually officially launched yet but we're gonna post our official launch probably this week because this podcast is going to drop this week um so everyone will know about it but please consider subscribing to us and it's the kind of thing you guys want to jump on board subscribe for a month or two and then jump off that's fine you know but like I said, you're not you're not gonna it's not you're not just floating money money our way. You're gonna get stuff. We have bonus content. We have a bunch of different tiers of uh, different things that you will get if you subscribe to us at different uh, price levels. And uh, one of them is getting a free T-shirt too, which I think is pretty cool. So with our logo, very on cool. It, so you will get that. And then uh, you know included with that is if we ever update our shirt and you're still subscribed at that level, you will get that new shirt. So it's pretty cool. So please spread the word. And if you guys really love us, uh, tell all your friends and tell them about the. Page patreon page and help spread the news on that we'd really appreciate it which would be awesome right matt
2: no oh, for sure like i mean if you if you like what we do on on the regular podcast for sure um you know i want to say contribute um, just so you can give us a reason to, to give you more content because that's really what we want to do that
3: you know? absolutely it's going to motivate us to uh keep it going which is great you know um, yes. and then another thing that we wanted to our next, not our, maybe our, not our next podcast. It might be actually, who knows? Uh, but one of our next podcasts, we're actually going to do a Q and a episode where we want you guys to ask us questions, uh, about, it really could be about anything, but hopefully it'll be about horror and, uh, horror movies. And, you know, it could be. Personal stuff about us as well, you know, if you want to learn some stuff about us. So we want your questions. We put it out there on Instagram uh, last week and we got a bunch of questions, but um, keep them coming. You know what I mean? Send, Send them to us on Instagram, on Facebook. I'll post something again and on Twitter as well. And, uh, even if you want to email us, our email is alone in the dark podcast at yahoo.com. You can email us your questions, but we're going to do a whole episode where you guys, we're going to read your questions and answer them right. for you. Um, which will be super fun. I'm excited. I love those kind of, I, I used to love when we did the survey, the survey episodes. Um, yes. And, uh, we got to do another one of those as well, cause that was super fun, but yeah, so that's going to be exciting.
2: Yeah. So, uh, the listeners will definitely be providing the content. So we have to make sure that we're uh, posting and trying to get that feedback wherever we can get it. Yeah,
3: definitely. Definitely. And, uh, we could tease it right now, but we, we have, uh, another commentary coming up this fall, right, Maddie?
2: We do. We have a bunch of stuff coming
3: up. Yeah, I'm excited. We got a lot of good stuff. So, uh, look forward to a commentary, um, that will be coming your way, uh, probably in October, early October. So look for that. Um, and then please, I know we're we're kind of holding back on getting this podcast going, but uh, getting this episode going. But please, 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 if you can go on iTunes and rate and review us. Um, I know we've said it a million times, but it really, really helps us. It helps us be found. If you guys like us and you want us to stick around, um, the only way people can find us new listeners is if we are, uh, if we have a, a ton of ratings and reviews on iTunes because that's how when people search like horror podcast, um, then our name will pop up if we have a lot of reviews and ratings. So uh, we'd really appreciate, it, pr- appreciate yeah. that as well.
2: <clears throat> Definitely. Light up a fatty, listen to Mikey and Maddie. Come on, let's get this going. <laughs>
3: Awesome, so Matt, let's get to it. We've been keep we kept kept our listeners waiting long enough. So, uh,
2: Mike, I think you covered everything, bro. But you know, now I think it's time to get down to five to one, baby.
3: I think you it's know, time. Uh, yeah, I think it's time to begin, Maddie. Begin, because <laughs> we are talking our we're giving our top five, uh, our top five. Uh, our, our favorite horror beginnings, right? So we're talking yes. about like the opening scenes to horror movies, yep. what our favorite uh, horror openings are. So I'm super pumped because this was kind of, it's interesting, like um, most of mine are movies I love all the way through, but you know, there could be some on these lists that maybe the rest of the movie wasn't so great, but you really just love this beginning. You know what I mean? It really kind of grabbed you, you know?
2: Yeah, not to try to tease anybody either, but I have to say um, the, the Patreon episode that we're going to be doing after this is an
3: extension, and yes. we're going to be giving – you know, some things you might be like, hey, why
2: didn't they talk about this? Why did they talk about this? Well, We may be talking about it on the Patreon. Episode, right. Right.
3: It. Yeah. There's going to be a bonus episode where we kind of continue the list and just some other ones that didn't make our list yeah. tonight. So um, some yeah, some, some no brainers, actually. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't if you don't hear your favorite on on this top five episode, then, you know, consider, you know, subscribing to our Patreon and you might hear yours in that, you know, which would be great. So, all right, right, so we're going to do our top five. We're going to go five to one. So, who wants to start? Matt, you want to start? You want me to start? I don't know. Don't I usually start? You usually do. Yeah, why don't you start tonight, Mike? All right, I will start, Maddie. So, my number five is. Five. It could look like someone you know, or it could be a stranger in a crowd.
0: Whatever helps to get close to you,
3: it follows, Maddie. Oh, <laughs> so I was lucky enough, Matt, as you know, to see this at the Fangoria premiere in New York city, which was really cool. I got to see it and I actually saw, I I'm pretty sure I saw a different cut than the theatrical. Um, There was definitely some rough stuff in there. They were kind of, it was almost like a test screening, which was really cool, but uh, Mm -hmm. I really love this movie. So the opening image is like a familiar scene to me. It's like a beautiful street in the fall. It's the kind of image you would, uh, you would double like on Instagram. (laughs) The way right. the way the camera pans around slowly <laughs> is at first kind of comforting but then quickly becomes unsettling why is this teenage girl running out of her front door in high heels and a 90 did she wake up from a legally blonde dream she stops in the middle of the street and her neighbor asks her if she needs help she responds no but you know she is she's is lying there's there's something seriously wrong and there's nothing this neighbor can do to help her the score, Maddie. Come on. It's score. It's so simple. Is it, is it is it Disaster piece Is that who this is? I think it's yeah, it's that guy, Disaster piece right? Who's like I think he did a yeah. lot of like video game stuff before this, which is interesting. Um it's so simple but so tense at the same time. Thud, thud is really like all we hear, like footsteps of someone following this girl out onto the street. It's like genius, you know what I mean? With the, the concept of the beat. film. Yeah, yeah. Right. So the camera slowly dollies into her like the thing is getting closer so it's like they're using these camera tricks very carpenter-esque right where they a lot of people compare this to uh to carpenter the the director um definitely her dad calls out to her to see if she's okay i'm fine dad clearly she is not fine maddie she's running from something is she on drugs who knows at this point you know it's it's something's something's way off
2: yeah her family turned into zombies who knows
3: yeah who knows so she circles back towards her house, maybe to change her shoes. I don't know, man. Uh, that's probably not the best choice to run out in high heels. She, did,
2: she didn't have her cool bands
3: on. No, those high heels weren't meant for running. When she runs back out the door, the score goes full Carpenter with its stabbing Halloween-like score. So we get to that, right? It starts to build up. It's so great. She's, oh, yeah. So she gets off, and she's off in her car. Clearly, whatever she is running from... She has to be safe now, right? She's got to be safe. She's like far, far and away. It's it's into the night. She seems like she's she's uh, she's going to be okay. Yep. So she finds a lake to hide at. And then her message to her dad is so touching and haunting at the same time. Why is she giving up? What is she running from, Matt? This is the questions that I was asking myself the first time I saw this in New York. Then we were le- then we were left with one of the most disturbing images I've ever seen in a horror movie, Matt. Not only do we find her dead, but she's yeah. mangled in a way that can only remind me of the way Marty McFly sleeps in Back to the Future remember how he used to lay in the bed and his arm was twisted I don't know if you remember uh, that but I was... she
1: looks she
2: looks like a piece of, like that would be found like a modern art museum or somebody you would use a coffee table or something
3: I know it's very it's a very strange position but it's so disturbing and it, it just freaked me the fuck out I just remember seeing that the first time and everyone in that theater was like oh you know Well, was... the,
2: way, the way that image comes up it's really really like jolting yes
3: because it just sort of it's like real abrupt but um yeah so so that's my five maddie i don't know if you have anything to add but i just uh always love that intro you know as far as some of the newer films that are out there uh that's one of the films that really grabbed me and just reminded me of 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 you know running away from somebody and you know staying away yeah that
2: that intro is a home run i mean like somebody coming out of a house i mean there's so many questions and you're really you're catapulted not even thrown you're catapulted into
3: the film absolutely yeah it's pretty nuts it's crazy. Yeah,
2: so that's a great pick, man. That's a really
3: great pick. Thanks, Manny. So what's your uh, what's your number five? Alright, my number five is the power of his evil desire has
1: no end. You've got to go to him. You got to love him. She is a willing recruit, a devoted disciple. She is the devil's concubine.
0: Join me. In eternal life. Your salvation is destruction. I
1: want to be what you are. I want to see what you see. I want to love what you love. Take me away from all this death. Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992.
2: Interesting pick, Maddie. Yeah, you know, this, as a lover of the novel, obviously, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, you know, an burgeoning writer myself. When this came out, um, I, you know, this beginning, man, I gobbled it up. You know, it starts with that music, that medieval haunting kind of tune that some folks might misinterpret as sounding a little like Game of Thrones, yes. <laughs> although this this predates Game of Thrones by two whole decades. So just give up that that right now, please. <laughs> this this came first, but you know, there's a there's a humble, noble, God-fearing Christian warrior named yeah. <laughs>
1: and.
2: He is going out to fight for God and country, and he has his, you know, this his huge, his, his, you know, guard on, and he's he's heading out, and he's his beloved Elizabetha behind, knowing he might never, ever return to see her again. It's like this really tragic, cool, you know, but he's all pumped, you know, he and his warriors, they're like, yeah, they're going out there. But there's a look of, ah, oh, I'm leaving my love behind. You know, there's, there's a little bit like he's ready to go, but he's like, shit, I'm, I might never see you again, and I'm in love with you, what am I going to do? So for the next several minutes, Mike, we have this little prologue here, and we get a very unique Anthony Hopkins narration in which he sports a strange Eastern European accent spoken exactly nowhere in the world. Nowhere. Um, It's like a mixture of like seven or ten different accents. Um, The visuals of the battle, I don't know if you remember this, but there's one scene where, um, you know, there's a battle going on. It's against this dusky sky, and it's glorious, man. There's one warrior in the foreground whose impaled body is sliding Like slowly down this tall wooden spear. Do you remember that? Yeah,
3: I do. It's awful. Oh, man.
2: Oh, it's gruesome, man. It's great. But above all, dude, the true spectacle of this beginning scene and the reason I chose it, honestly, is Gary Oldman. His Romanian rage has turned up to 11. (laughs) I mean, he gives a full range performance in in this five-minute clip. Like He goes just about through every human emotion in a scant few minutes. From the time he leaves for battle, he's dutiful, yet he's somber. And then his triumphant turn, tragic return, his thrashing—he goes into that religious spot with a with a crosses and everything. And he just trashes the sacred space, and he blatantly renounces God. It's it's just it's so full range, man. It's all there. It sets up the rest of the film, and it actually gives Dracula all this motivational revenge that he needs for the rest of the film. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting because you never really get the before for Dracula. You know, you just have his vampire guy, right? right? And he's, but this really gives you a really cool beginning and, and a motivation as to why he's like that. Why? Where did he get this need for blood and and you know? And why is he so hell bent on Venge? On well, he's he lost his you know because what happens when he comes back, Mike? What happens when he comes back from war?
3: You tell right? me. There
2: was, yeah. Well, well, there was a you know somebody somebody sent a telegram that was a lie and said that his his you know that he was dead to Elizabeth. She got it. She thought he was never coming home, so she threw herself off the castle um and killed herself Mm -hmm. and he came home triumphant and then only to find out she wasn't there and it's very tragic if you think about that
3: yeah absolutely
2: um so this is only this is this five minutes only a hint of the full-on mindfuckery that's coming over the (laughs) next two hours i mean his screams of agony at the end and and this heart because there's heartbreak man there's real emotion tied to it but it's just swallowed up in this in Gutteral scream from the bottom of his soul that's so on fire of hurt. Um, You know, it's the musical titles they burn into the screen. I call hell font. That could be the only way to describe it. It's really, really a beautiful thing, man. So you should check this out if you haven't seen it in a while.
3: Yeah, no, I haven't seen that one in a while. I definitely got to go back. Uh, Yeah, I I think the last time I saw it was in theaters, to be honest with you, Maddie.
2: Mikey, it was in theaters 27 years ago.
3: I know, dude. It's been a while. Oh. It's been a long time. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> good pick, Maddie. good pick. Uh, well, okay, man, so what do you got for number four? Okay, my number four, I think you're really going to like this, Matty. Num- my number four is...
1: Tonight,
0: someone has come to the prom alone. Someone who watches in the silent corridors. Kelly. Help! Someone who waits until no one can help. help! Prom night. If you're not back by midnight, you won't be coming home.
3: Prom night. Oh, prom night. Now, Matt, I picked this kind of specifically for you, because talk about foreshadowing, right? The shot, the shot we see uh, at the very beginning, the very first shot, is of some broken glass outside of an abandoned building. Yep. Um, so talk about, we'll get to foreshadowing here in a, in, a, in a minute. But we then hear the innocence of a child counting. Oh, it's so fun, right? They're counting. Yes. Somebody's playing a game, you know? Some children are, you know, they're just having fun, right? It's just a, an innocent, you know, fun, uh, a fun kids playing games before school. Well, that innocence is abruptly halted by the same child yelling, "The killer is coming." What? <laughs> what the fuck game are these kids playing, Maddie? <laughs> Before school, too, man. Yeah, this dark. is messed up shit, man. So then we hear some chatter between some more children, and then we hear the killers are coming, screams and laughs. So confusing, Maddie. <laughs> when the first time I saw this, I was so confused. Um, the opening to prom night always scared me. Always. This is, there's something about children being creepy that always stayed with me. Always. Uh, it's, yeah. it's one of the reasons why I can't watch children of the corn anymore. And you know, we might, we might talk about that at some point later in maybe a, a bonus episode, but and have
2: you, have you seen bloody birthday too? That's a very, that's a kid. Killer yes, kid movie. It's I haven't seen creepy. that
3: in a long time, but yeah, no, I have seen that. Um, I'll have to go back and rewatch that. That's good. You just reminded me. Um, so the looks on these children's faces When they are the killer is so freaky And it used to freak me out Because they would go from You know, just like a normal face To all of a sudden they'd, they'd take on this role of this killer Whatever game This fucked up game that they're playing Right Then we meet Robin, Alex, and Kim You know, they're casually walking to school Kim is going to a regular elementary school While I guess Robin and Alex Are on their way to mime school yeah, Exactly. they're dressed in these weird striped shirts And yeah, exactly <laughs> the same so I guess that was sort of just to force it upon us, the audience, that they, they must be, you know, twins or, you know, really close brother and sister.
2: Yes. Yeah.
3: The score to this <laughs> film has a sense of mystery to it, which I always liked because you know me, I always love those sort of, uh, you know, who done whodunit uh, horror films. You know, this is why yeah. this is one of my favorite horror films. I always love going back and watching this. Um, so as Innocent Robin enters the school after um, the other kids leave... She has no idea what she is about to get into, right? This is going to be the end of her life. Yep. I love when, yeah, it's really sad. I love when Robin runs into Nick and he says angrily, now you've done it. Here, the killer is here.
2: I know that's true. That was part of that, part that ate you up, isn't
3: it? Oh God, it's so, so messed up. He just changed so quick. So not only is Robin scared, but she is also a stutterer, which makes it even sadder. <laughs> the kids go in into full on killer mode and force Robin out the second story window to fall to her death to the yep. very glass we saw in the opening shot, Maddie foreshadowing. That's some, that's your favorite, right?
2: My, my favorite.
3: Yes. Of all. Yeah. You can't
2: have anything without foreshadowing. I foreshadowing, know you love it. You've, foreshadows, foreshadows everything.
3: you've mentioned this so many times on the podcast. So, the kids agree to never tell anyone, which, you know, always kind of reminded me of, hey, maybe I know what you did last summer, took a clue from this, or, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think, I think that book was before this movie, though, so maybe it was vice versa.
2: It uh, was, but definitely Kevin Williamson cites this as one of his uh, yeah influences,
3: for sure. Yeah, so the kids agree to never tell anyone. Say it, Julie! You fucking say it! Wh- whoops, <laughs> wrong movie, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> We see the kids get on their bikes and ride away, and we were left looking at poor dead Robin when all of a sudden a shadow covers her bloody face to set up one of the greatest horror mysteries I've ever seen, Maddie. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's great. So I think it's a great opening. Uh, You know, like I said, creepy kids always freaks me out, but um, I just love the setup of this, you know, just setting up this mystery of who is that shadow and, you know, how do they know and uh the rest of the film it's just kind of like a fun roller coaster ride where you're trying to figure it out and uh one of the uh most uh confusing reveals at the end of this film but anyway
2: oh it's fantastic though it's it's got like a psycho vibe it's got so many
3: things yeah, going for it but we'll save that maybe for our ending podcast if we ever do that one manny <laughs>
2: oh man for sure we have to that's coming at some point that's coming
3: yeah so but yeah was... this is a great beginning man it was a good pick well, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. I love it. So that was my number four. What's yours?
2: Okay, my number four
3: is.
0: This is the one night. Don't forget your costume.
3: All sorts of things. Rome free. The
1: Halloween School Bus Massacre.
2: Okay. Trick or treat from 2007. Ah, oh, love it. Like this opening, I can remember being in your store
3: mm-hmm.
2: when we watched this trailer. Yep. And basically, the trailer is the beginning of this—the the first, the first image of the film, I should say. Yes. Because um, it's a thing of beauty. It, you know, it, it rides right in on a wave of nostalgia. Like it, it, this is—it's made for us, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, the black and white trick-or-treat safety video yeah. Um, with the kids trick-or-treating and, and which breaks up and becomes a form cut of a jack-o'-lantern and then we'll blast it into the you know into the actual film it's just so great oh, so um, good. a beautiful reverse dolly shot establish a beautifully decorated house uh, of a couple Emily and her husband Henry who are coming home from I guess town or wherever they're coming home from the party and you know the house is adorned by Thousands of orange colored lights and there are a host of like these ghost crows that oh, are staked love in the front yard. Oh, they're so I know. cool. And then we have this gauzy POV shot that tells us someone or something is watching, you know, Henry and, and Emily from across the street, but it keeps its distance until that is Emily commits the cardinal sin, Mike, mm-hmm. of extinguishing the flame of a jack o' before they head inside.
3: Yep.
2: Why did she do that? I mean Henry can be heard if you listen in a very low voice. You hear,
1: eh,
2: eh, you hear this creepy little freaking breathing sound from, yeah. from the POV. But you hear Henry telling Emily, hey, she shouldn't do that. There yep. are rules surrounding Halloween. And one of the most important ones is not to take down the decorations before mm-hmm. oh, midnight, yes. right? Okay. Oops, oops. <laughs> So, so the POV hurries across the street. And you could hear the POV like, like whatever he says. Like, I would love to slow it down. I'd love to hear what he's actually saying. Yeah. Because it, 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 it,
1: it's punish. Oh. So,
2: so it hurries across the street. It's accompanied by like an, an obvious, obvious disapproval of Emily's disdain toward the sacred rituals of Halloween, obviously.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and she tells her horny husband to go put on the tape and wait for her upstairs because, you know, he just thinks has one thing on his mind. Yes. And you know, while she's well, she's gonna take some additional decorations down. So she hasn't done enough yet to set herself up as a victim. She's gonna do a little bit more. Right. Yeah. So she utters the, this film's doomed equivalent to, I'll be right back, Mike. She says,
3: I hate Halloween. Oh, how could you say I that? I mean oh. I mean, really? That's terrible. Uh uh-uh. no, you didn't.
2: <laughs> so the rest is suspenseful perfection, Mike. She defrocks the scare ghosts of their ceremonial garb. She gets spooked by some creepy figure that's staring at her from across the street. Uh, obviously, it turns out to be a false alarm it's some teenager waiting for a ride or whatever. But Yes. Um, that then she's creepy. attacked. Oh, yeah. She's attacked and eviscerated by something hiding beneath one of the scarecrow sheets. And as trick-or-treaters like walk right up as they crash through the fence, and they run away in terror. It's like right in the middle. Like she's under the sheet. And it's so freaky under that sheet, man, where you just an explosion of blood. And, of course, the hapless husband... Uh, you know, he's watching the tape, obviously, upstairs. Yeah, yeah, he falls asleep. He, he right. finally gets to, yeah, he falls asleep and wakes up to get, <laughs> you know, check to check on his wife. Hey, how come you're not coming upstairs and giving me something? Uh, and the reveal is gruesomely satisfying, Mike, with mm. the, you know, and, and that credit sequence that follows. Holy mackerel. So good. And uh, I love how the, I just love how the credit sequence even, you know, it blasts into that, but then it teases characters that we're going to meet in the upcoming segments. Yeah. So this is probably as close to a perfect intro as you're going to get.
3: Oh my God, it's so good. So good, yeah. It really is. It just sets up the rest of the film, which is amazing. You know what I mean? Every segment is just better than the next. I feel like not really, but it's just so good.
2: Which begs the question, you know, you know, you know, Michael Doherty's over there and he's making his Godzilla movies, but you know, he's sitting there going, "How he's tortured? Like, how am I going to?" Because Trick or Treat Two has to be coming at some point, right? I mean, it it has to be.
3: He's talked about it so many times, right? Of course he has, and you know
2: he's writing it. You know he's probably written about forty segments. And he probably keeps going you know what it's just not as good he's probably he, he's going to be tortured this is going to be really hard for him yeah he
3: knows plot. it I, you know what I, I, as much as i'd want to see trick-or treat 2, i'd kind of be fine if we didn't because the first one is so good that do we really need another one you know yes I
2: mean? we do we need we need a we need a solid good horror anthology yes yeah, I, I agree So believe that we do
3: as long as it's close to to how good this one is i'm okay with it but i'd be okay just to have this one as my is as, as the, the memory of how great it is you know what i mean Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's a great, it's a great, it's one of my favorites. For oh,
3: sure. it's such a good, what a great pick, Maddie. That's definitely uh, one of my favorite Thanks, dude. movies. Yeah. So awesome. All right. So now we're on number three. Moving to number three. So Maddie, my number three is.
0: Three. Decapitated body was found in her car. I knew I should have gone to NYU. This girl, she could have been any one of us. What if there is a lunatic on campus? What is he gonna do next, huh? <laughs> Maybe put spider eggs and bubble issues. <laughs> the idea of an urban legend serial killer—it's a stretch. The calls coming
3: from inside the house. Could it be an
1: urban legend? <gasps>
3: I can help you with. <laughs> <laughs> <No! laughs> <Delamory! laughs> mm-hmm. I want to know what's going on here.
1: Someone out there is taking all these urban legends and making them reality.
0: Urban legend. Have you heard the one about the microwave?
3: Urban Legend. Oh, Urban Legend back in the 90s. I know. And we've talked about this movie a bunch, right? Cuz uh, you know, I put it out this 98.
2: Episode. Yeah, that's yeah. it. We
3: we mentioned it, and we went through it a lot, but um it's definitely one of my one of my favorite 90s films and it's definitely you know, it's got to be in my top 10 of, of favorite horror films. Uh, wow. Yeah. Top it kinda, ten of, wait, wait, what did you just say? I, I said it's in my top 10 of favorite horror yeah. films. I, it really Mike, is. Mike, I'm, I I'm, I'm
2: going to, if I was next to you, I'd have to slap you right across <laughs> your face. I, I don't know, how, how could you possibly make a bold
3: statement that bold? I don't know. I just enjoy this movie so much. So let's get to it, Matty. Okay. All let's right. get to it. We've all been there, Maddie. You're driving, the radio is blasting "Total Eclipse of the Heart" by Bonnie Tyler, and you're screaming off key. Well, not not you, Maddie, because you can sing. (laughs) Well, thanks. And then, through your bad singing, you hear a ding. You look down, and you're low on gas, Maddie. It's happened, right? Well, I don't know. I'm I'm never low on gas, dude. I'm usually pretty. Yeah, you're responsible. You're responsible. And this, this is before Tesla, right? So there's this is before yeah. electric cars. So can you make it to the gas station, Matt? This is uh, this is the setup for the 1998 film, Urban Legend. And as you know, Matty, this is one of my favorites, as I mentioned before. And we have talked about it several times here, including the Class of 98 podcast, which uh, people can go listen to right now. Running out of gas is just the beginning to this amazing opening scene, Matt. All right, Michelle does make it in time to get gas on that stormy night. And then we are introduced to the great Brad Dorff, who gives us... Brad, Brad Dorff's amazing. Oh, he gives us an amazing jump scare as the creepy gas station attendant. Not, yeah, Mike, let me yeah. ask you a question.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Time, I, know you, I know you. So the way he announces himself, I'm sure we talked about this before, but is is it not almost exactly Anne Heche's, um knocking on the window of, of Julie and Helen's and yes. car? Like yes. It's almost the same
3: exact thing. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it's that abrupt, like... Bum, 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 He's knocking on the window. Yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, so. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean to cut don't. You off. Don't. You're good. So not only is he creepy looking, but he stutters too. So we're we're going with this theme of stuttering, <laughs> kind of like. Oh, by uh, the way, do you know?
2: Yes. Yeah, so uh, on the floor of the Cuckoo Nest character, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a tribute, definitely an homage to that. Oh, his that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the '70s, yeah, Billy.
3: Yes, I was I was thinking of prom night, but just because what's her name uh, was a stutterer too. But anyway.
2: Yes, you're right.
3: So after she hands him her credit card through a tiny slit in her car window because she's kind of freaked out, right? This is, this is a oh, moment yeah. where Brad pauses and looks past her. And if you go back and watch it, it's interesting because you can really see him play it off. It's kind of cool. At this moment, we don't know why. He pumps the gas while looking concerned. Then he heads inside to, I guess we assume, to charge her card. And he comes out and stutters to her that the credit card company is on the phone and she needs to come inside.
2: Yeah, that sounds shady as hell. It does,
3: right? Everyone's like, eh, I wouldn't go in there. I wouldn't trust this guy. So she reluctantly reluctantly does, but she grabs her pepper spray first. So she's prepared. You know, she's kind of a a nervous Nelly, so she's uh, ready for this. As they step inside, he locks the door, and that's when the audience is like, oh, fuck, here we go. She walks over to the phone to hear that there is no one on the other end. He grabs her to try to tell her something, and she freaks out. So... Is this guy the biggest creep out there, Maddie? No, he is the nicest stuttering man on the planet. Because <laughs> he's really just trying to save her life. Oh, God. Maybe they should have
2: played. Maybe they should have played I Need a Hero. For yeah,
3: <laughs> absolutely. So she runs to her car after spraying this stuttering saint in the face. <laughs> she makes it all the way to her car and speeds off and misses our stuttering super guy screaming, there's someone in the back seat. Oh, Matt, I I just remember seeing this in theaters and having my jaw drop, like the intensity all of a sudden goes to 11 here. You just said it before, and I'm saying it now. The best part of her demise is that as she is speeding away on the radio is still total eclipse of the heart.
2: Once upon a time, there was light in my life, and that is only love in the dark.
3: Right, so she is sob singing the appropriate lyrics, Matt turn around (laughs) bright eyes as we see the killer slowly pop up from the very back of her car Turn around, bright eyes. Every now and then I fall apart. Matt, this is exactly the moment. Right. Yeah, that's <laughs> where she gets it, and she falls apart into tons and tons of pieces, I am sure. Exactly. So I don't know, Matt, as far as openings go, I think this is such a clever one because you're sort of led one way, you know, to think of Brad Dorf as, you know, he's gonna be the killer. Um and you get this awesome twist. You know how much I love twists, Maddie, but you get this amazing twist of that the killer was in the backseat all the time. Like the urban legend we've always heard. Um, yeah. And speaking of Matt, remember a couple podcasts ago I asked you if you remembered I bought an urban legend book and I couldn't find it. Do you remember that? You found it? I found it. I have it. Oh, so next time I see God. you, I'm gonna I'm gonna loan it to you. It's awesome, dude. I found it. I'm I, so excited. I still have a
2: bunch of your stuff that you loaned me. I feel
3: bad. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Still, it's all I good. I still have your your crystal like memories book, the Peter oh, Bracky book. Nice. It's so great. No, no worries, dude. It's all good, man.
2: Yeah, this, this, uh, here, uh, I'm no, dude, I'm still going to go back and say
3: top 10 of all time. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but I just love this movie. No, I don't, no, wait, stick, stick by your gun. Uh, your yeah, gun. no, I just, I love this movie. I don't know. There's something about it. I just love, you know me, man. This intro,
2: just, you're right. It's, it's this so intro good, dude. Simple. And it just subverts what you think is going on. It's really, really great.
3: Yeah, it's clever, man. And just the setting too. It just so reminds me of um, uh, oh man, it just dropped that Carpenter anthology. Body bags, body
2: body bags. His
3: his uh, his gas station scene. The gas station. It just totally has that vibe, which I thought was really cool. So anyway, so that's that's my uh, that's my number three, Matt. What's your number three?
2: Okay, number three. My number
1: three is. She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails... I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive.
0: Craven, director of The Heels Have Eyes, and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy
2: terror, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street, the original.
3: The oh, original yes.
2: Record. Yeah, this one is the doozy, Mike. Um, you know, this mysterious person with labor breathing, really showing some good old-fashioned craftsmanship here, Mike. He's turning an ordinary glove into one of horror cinemas' most famous murder weapons. Mm. Right, right before your very eyes in the first two minutes of the film. Uh, the title comes up seemingly straight from hell itself, accompanied by that horrifying musical cue. <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, we're instantly catapulted into Tina's nightmare, but let's admit it, Mike, it's our collective nightmare. Oh, wow. absolutely. This scene plays out like a, it's, it's a waking nightmare. It's a revolting reverie we just can't quite wake up from. Um, that iconic musical theme begins, and Mike, a lamb a freaking lamb startles and darts away from something on the scene. Now, you talk about a girl running out of a house and uh, it follows. A fucking lamb darts across the screen <laughs> in the first two minutes of this film. Yeah. It's pretty disturbing. We, the audience, know we are in very unfamiliar territory here. Yes. Um, yeah, dreams are unpredictable, so yeah, lambs could you know, just run across the vista at any moment, but this nightmare gets increasingly squeamish as it goes on. You know, We see quick glimpses of the monster, the creature perhaps, that's stalking Tina, you know, as she fumbles deeper and deeper into the bowels of that dank, desolate boiler room. The monster, though, in quotes, Mike, doesn't fully reveal himself here, but laughter, his laughter, and the way his glove rips through cloth and scrapes against the pipes, it's such a brilliant introduction to that menacing miscreant. You will come to know as Freddie Crew. Think about that. Yeah. Before you, you don't just see him, man, you hear him. You oh. hear his laughter. He's he's really toying with her, mm. um, and that's just to me a brilliant way to introduce a character like this—a uh, killer that taunts his victims on screen. And he loves to play. This is his playground. Dream and think of that man. Dreams is his playground. That is such a dangerous thing. Yeah. Um, the the thrill of the chase just completely turns him on on its own on its own. Mike, as it stands by itself. The scene is uncomfortable to watch. Oh, absolutely you know, between the breathing sounds, the deep timber of a voice calling Tina, <laughs> you know, the intermittent screams, the lamb sounds for God's sake, mixed with what sounds like a baby's cry. I mean, think about the, the soundtrack here. It's lambs go, and you hear this baby crying. And it's like, what? Before Freddie finally springs up behind her. And then she jolts awake, just disturbing odd. It's just so off-putting. It's amazing. Um, So the ultimate brilliance, Mike, of this film and why I chose this scene in particular is that even as Freddy stalks the fictional characters in their dreams, he definitely simultaneously finds a way to transcend the fictional world and haunt his way into the very real nightmare of the audience. He certainly found his way into a few of mine. That's Nightmare on Elm Street.
3: (laughs) What a good one, Matt. That's such a – it's such a great opening. And like you said, it's so like off-putting, you know what I mean? Because you don't know what's going on and – you know, it's so disturbing, dude. That's such a good, good one.
2: I mean, think about it. You could have just had somebody stumbling through the dark and, you know, and but it's the lamb, the baby cry. Like, where is she? It's just very, very uh, just obtuse. Oh, like it's, it's crazy. You know, it's great, man. It's crazy. It's beautiful. Great,
3: great pick, Matt. That's a good one. Thanks, man. Awesome. That was three. So now we're, oh man, we are at the the open. We're at two here. Yeah, two and one, man. This is the exciting time. So hopefully people will ag- agree with us on, on this one. But if not, that's okay. So, so there we go. So Matt, my number two is.
1: Someone is
0: playing a deadly game. Scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs and she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, sure, this me. Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Cause you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back! You do not make the rules. The police are always on track if they watch
1: Palm Night and save time.
0: He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't
1: To hide, everybody's a suspect. Not scared, are you? Squeak.
3: No surprise, Maddie. It's scream. Number two, yeah, number two, man. That means there's something above this. There's something above this, Matt, which is kind of shocking for me because you know I've always put it out there that I'm a big fan of uh, '90s horror. So, uh, all right, let me stop you there for mm -hmm. one second, Mike. Yes.
2: And this is the 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 one I'm going to stop you here in this in this segment. You got it. If Urban Legend is number ten, now just play with me here. Yes. Where would Scream be? Uh,
3: Scream would probably be three. Please tell me. Please tell me above. You know, ten. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, oh Absolutely. okay. I want, to, be like, I want to make
2: sure it's on the right side of town. Oh, my God. So Scream's
3: one sure. of my all-time favorites. Yeah, it would be up okay. in the, within the top five for sure. Okay, okay. I can breathe again. My heart yes, started moving. Can, right. It's okay, right. okay, Matt. It's okay. Breathe. It's Whew. okay. Okay. We're good. <laughs> all right, you resume. I'm sorry. All right, so Scream. So right from the start, when the Dimension logo comes on screen and you hear Marco Beltrami's score swell through the speakers, you know this film is not kidding around, Matt. Not at all. Nope. Nope. When we first meet Casey, as she picks up the phone, she acts almost as though she could care less about who is on the other end of the phone, right? She's kind of playing it cool, right? Cool. Yeah, she's
2: girl. fun loving. Yep. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. After the opening credit, Heartbeat Scream, the lack of soundtrack here is so intense. And as I say, the lack of soundtrack, because we don't really get a ton of of uh heavy soundtrack. Uh, until later in the scene. And, you know, I just want to kind of mention if people go back and listen to our our Scream anniversary episode where I interview uh, the music editor, Gedney Webb, he kind of talks about this, how the, the lack of score sometimes is scarier than score. So just keep that in mind as we're talking about this right now. Just the sound of the phone ringing cuts like a knife through the silence. So there you go. So that's sound design for you. The voice of Robert L. Jackson's voice is so creepy, it makes you want to run and hide in your closet on the floor with a bunch of old pictures of your mom that died and you're (laughs) left with not your real sister. Oh, wait, that's the wrong movie. Sorry, man. (laughs) This opening is edited so masterfully there is that shot of the swing outside that is just moving so slightly in the quiet night that then cuts to the stove burner coming on. I don't know if you remember that, Matt. It goes from that like really peaceful swing and then all of a sudden it's like and then the the stove comes on for the popcorn, right? Such a such an amazing oh, such a great like effect of uh, you know, cross cutting, you know, of the silence to the subtle. It's just like a subtle jump scare, but it's great. So the setup yeah. when Casey says she likes Halloween and puts the pulls the knife out and it makes that sound, oh, I just love it, dude. It's so great. The tension of the popcorn popping is also like so brilliant. I just love sort of the slow build of the the popcorn, you know, as they keep cutting back to it. It's just, like I said, the cross Yeah, the Jiffy Pop, man. That's perfect. Oh, God, it's so good. So when Ghostface says, I want to know who I'm looking at, I don't know, I don't know if you remember, you know, you saw it before me, Maddie, but you must have just been like, what, you know, when that came on? Because when I, when I was with you and saw it, I was just like, holy shit, did he really just say that, you know? I know. Oh, so great, dude. And I just, I I think I remember when we saw it together, just the audience gasps, everybody gasped at that scene because it was just so intense, you know? It's perfect. Oh, so when she picks up the phone and says, listen, asshole. And he gives, uh, he he gives his his gut the gut you like a fish line, and the yeah. the camera doll, dollies in on towards Casey's face, and she does the slight, and the, the camera does like a slight like Dutch angle. It's brilliant, dude. It's so so amazing. <clears throat> Excuse me. An amateur filmmaker would have gone to the extreme, but not the master Wes Craven. Less is more, Maddie. Less is more. So this little Dutch angle is is very slight, you know what I mean? Which is uh, yeah. just makes it even even more dramatic. Yeah. When he calls her out and says that she has blonde hair, when he says that line, the audience like literally breaks the seats in the theater from squeezing so hard. And I remember that Maddie, when we sat there, I was like so tense, you know what I mean? Just from this, from that line forward, it was crazy. So to take it up yeah. one one more notch, Ghostface answers Casey when she asks. What do you want? And he says to see what to you're
2: <laughs> see what you're in. Like.
3: Oh my God. So to, yeah. to add to the tension, Kevin Williamson shows his true colors by getting very meta by calling attention to what you're supposed to do in a horror movie. <laughs> I love that, Maddie, and we all love that as fans, don't we? It's so great. Yeah, we do. His name wouldn't be Steve, would it? Jesus, can this scene get any more tense when she, when he says that line and calls out and knows her boyfriend's name? It's just like, Jesus Christ. We're just like slowly stepping up this ladder that we were eventually going to jump off of and die. It's crazy. The addition of movie trivia to Save Steve is so amazing. And I know yeah. you and I were such big fans of that. It was finally like, wow, someone's actually calling attention to actual other horror movies in a horror movie? This is so great.
2: But it wasn't just like filling the space it was like building the tension that's Oh my what the god! genius yeah. of it
3: is that's the thing it wasn't there's like such, funny there's such stakes you yeah. know there's stakes oh, involved and totally. it's like oh my god and i love i love the question about who is the killer in friday the 13th and i remember reading that kevin used to do that in a trivia trivia all the time because everyone would always say jason and he would always say right. them you know which i thought was really cool yeah so it gets very quiet before the door gets smashed in remember when she's uh when she's She's like the last call and she hangs up the phone and he says, yeah. what door am I at? Then it's like full throttle from that point on. So Casey is outside and her parents are almost there. The tension, Matt, you can just feel it. It's just driving up your throat and you're about to throw up. There is hope, but no, 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 Matt. Ghostface will prevail. The fact that her parents can hear her on the cordless phone mm-hmm. makes it so much more traumatic the scene is is of epic proportions and it's just the setup, Maddie. This is just the the setup in the beginning of the movie. I remember being in utter shock in how brilliant this scene was and the setup, it's just so amazing and I just was like, from that point on I was just like, you didn't know at that point because we saw it together and you thought I hated it but from that point on I was just like I cannot wait to see where this is going to go next you know, so to me this is definitely one of the greatest horror openings of all time, so brilliant, so well crafted so well edited, so well directed so well acted, uh, so well scored everything about it, I just feel like it's perfection, you know
2: it really is. I always, I always wished, I wish they would do like a, you know, like a I know scary movie. Obviously, rips, riff, riffs riff this movie like yes. really badly. Yeah. But like they, you know, with the dolly shot up to up to Casey or whatever. Like I always thought they should cut to like Russell Brand from Forgetting Sarah Marshall singing
1: <laughs> "Inside of You, Inside of You."
3: I know.
2: Oh, it just would be uh, like the that perfect. Would have been funny oh <laughs> uh, it's perfect riff oh my god
3: that's good good stuff nice
2: yeah I mean it's it's perfect it is 8 minutes or 11 minutes I forget how long it is 11 yeah. minutes or it's perfection it's it really so is perfect.
3: it really is the it's...
2: pacing the editing the dialogue It it's a, it's the direction everything is absolutely just at the, the top of its game
3: it's a home run dude it really yeah. is it yeah really it is, is. So,
2: so which begs the question number two hmm you got me intrigued for sure
3: yeah there you go Matt well I can't wait to hear of your number two what's your number two
2: well, my number two has some uh, directing chops as well mm. bet your ass on that so uh my number two is
1: no one will laugh at carrie if you don't have a date for the prom next friday would you like to go with me she's with the best looking boy in the senior class
0: He's trying to trick me again
1: she'll be voted queen of the prom
0: you know i can make sure that you don't hurt carrie white anymore
1: for carrie it will be a dream come true For everyone else, it will be a nightmare. Carrie, a new film by Brian De Palma, based on the chilling bestseller, starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, and introducing John Travolta in his first motion picture role. You have a taste for terror. You have a date with Carrie.
2: Brian De Palma's Carrie from 1976.
3: Oh.
2: This opening seemed like, much like Scream, it's not messing around. Okay? Mm-hmm. De Palma's, I mean, his brilliantly masterful crane shot, um, you know, from above as it, as it comes down into the medium shot through the volleyball game into this, you know, it ends in the medium shot of the, this perfect failure that is Carrie White. I mean, in the first minute, Mike, we're witnessed this poor girl who's so far outside the bounds of social acceptance. Mm. Um, You know, you can hear the dialogue. I mean, they're not focusing on it, but you hear in the background, it to Carrie, she'll blow it. Can't play the game with her on the team. Look at her, moron. Norma hits her in the head with her hat. You eat shit, Chris (laughs) says to her. I mean, encapsulated in this one benign, seemingly benign volleyball game. We, the audience, are witness to what Carrie she must go through, like every single moment of every single day at school. That's half. That's only half the scene. Yeah. The the pama follows this up with with another masterpiece, a slow motion moving shot through the girls' locker room, yes. right after that awful, right you know, right after cool. that awful gym class. So we see a lot of well, we see a lot of nakedness for sure. <laughs> If, if Booger from Revenge of the Nerds were around, you know, you'd know you be hearing, we've got Bush. We've got Bush.
3: <laughs> Hair pie.
2: Eh. <laughs> Voyeuristic, maybe. But Mike Porky's the same.
3: Yeah. Mm-mm.
2: We also see lighthearted shenanigans, even camaraderie between the girls. You know, the laughter, the playful snapping of towels. Until that is, the camera reaches a very isolated Carrie White taking a shower. She's the only one in the locker room with no one. She's completely alone, even though there's all these yeah. other girls in the locker room. The music tells us we're watching this lighthearted drama as Carrie washes herself clean. Maybe an R-rated ivory soap commercial. But then the soap falls, and the steady flow of blood courses down Carrie's inner thigh, and the music just stops. Oof. And it becomes nightmarish, Not blood, not the blood, to watch Carrie unravel, as it's clear she doesn't even know what is happening to her body. Probably thinks at this point that she's going to bleed to death, and she's going to die, and she wants somebody to help her. And that's really scary. So Because awful, clearly she's, she's a teenager, and she's probably 15 or 16 or whatever she is. And the most horrific part of the scene, as I said, is not the blood, but it's her peers and the way they react to her. Mm. Do, they, do they empathize? Do they help her? No. The volleyball game, Mike, was innocent compared to the verbal and physical abuse that they're going to inflict upon Carrie now. Everyone's Ugh. laughing. They mockingly dangle tampons in her face. Oh my God. Sue, Sue even opens up the wall unit, leads this whole gathered group into a pelting session. She's oh, assaulted so by her sanitary napkins, tampons, even toilet paper. They're throwing at her. The room is filled with that interminably awful battle cry: "Plug it up! Plug it up! Oh. Plug it!" I mean, whew, it's taxing on, on your nerves, and you know. The teacher finally jumps in, Mike, but all she does is slap Carrie and throttle her good and tell her to grow up.
3: Oh.
2: And Carrie gives just a small hint, Mike, and this is the beauty of this scene, of what's to come. A glimpse of her powers, the light shatters on the ceiling. So the whole movie is laid out brilliantly in this first scene. And we know, although this is only the beginning, yep. this is not going to end well for anyone.
3: Mm-mm so good it's
2: so uh yeah it's, yeah it's amazing it's an amazing piece of filmmaking it and really is and else.
3: it really is but it's just so messed up man it's like bullying times like a hundred you know what i mean
2: Oof, but 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 think about it man her motivation what she goes through her power it's all there like you could see it like coming you
3: know what i mean yeah it's it's crazy dude it's, it's a great setup it, it's a great setup so good, dude. What a what a good pick, man. I it, it's been a while. I have that special edition of Carrie. I got to re- rewatch that, you know.
2: Oh, it's beautiful to look at.
3: Yeah. Definitely got to And I don't
2: that. mean the nakedness. I just mean the film, you know, cuz I No, don't it's like it's
3: amazing it. filmmaking. It really is. It's like uh it's just yeah. top-notch, you know what I mean? It's just it's beautiful. Beautiful film. It was. <laughs> so
2: now here we are. We've arrived. Kegs Kegs getting empty. Party's winding down.
3: That's it. Yep. Uh-huh. All right, Maddie. here we are down to number one, and my number one is...
0: One. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, uh, an eating machine. We're not only going to have to close the beach. We're going to have to hire somebody to kill the shark. Bad fish, but I'll catch him and kill him. Did you hear your
1: father out of the water
0: now? This shark swallow you whole. You're going to need a bigger boat. That's a 20-footer. 25. Three tons all of them. Hold up. He's coming straight for us. Don't screw it up now. Don't wait for me. Now! Shoot!
1: Roy Scheider. Robert Shaw. Richard Dreyfus. Jaws. See it before you go swimming.
3: Jaws. Oh man, no wonder. Oh, had to have Jaws, Maddie. Come on. Oh. Oh, the mackerel. So we meet our damsel in distress, Chrissy, right? Chrissy, yep. She's uh She's sitting at the campfire here, and we're sort of uh, we're sort of greeted by you know some teenagers making out, smoking, drinking, having fun, and we're also introduced to probably the most annoying repeating harmonica and acoustic guitar song that just <laughs> I've ever seen in the campfire scene. Now, if you ever I don't know, the more I watch this film, and I've seen this film a lot. That it just seems to repeat over and over yeah. and over it's, again. It's the it's the folk equivalent of Cotton Eye Joe, Mike. Pretty much, yeah. It's just like, come on, you know. So you you can almost hear the lovers making out stopping abruptly to shout, Do you know any other songs? <laughs> oh, So then we meet Chrissy and her gentleman gentleman caller, right? So Chrissy runs away from this gentleman caller to play hard to get, I guess, and uh as she is running, you know, is she running from him or is she running from the, you know, this this terrible music that's kind of on repeat here in, at this campfire scene? So, uh, so she leaves. She leaves this guy behind in the dust. You know, she's taken off and uh, she decides she wants to go skinny dipping. So, Maddie, as the audience. We know this is a terrible idea. For God's sake, we are here to see a movie called Jaws, right? And she's, yep. our beautiful, our beauty Chrissy is, no idea, but she's about to be in one of the most suspenseful opening scenes that an audience will ever see in their entire life. Yes, she uh, certainly is. So Chrissy is, you know, just kind of wading out in the water. You know, she's sort of... having fun just swimming out there in the moonlight you know relaxing and I love that 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 the first time we see her go underwater she does that thing where she like puts her leg up and she kind of goes under really slow uh just vertically into the water it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful shot right but then she comes up and we get our first little nibble right So she gets, she gets pulled under. We feel that she gets that nibble and she gets pulled under really quick. But when she comes out, Matt, she comes out of the water. She does that thing. She breathes, right? It's like this, uh, this, like you get this immediate sense of panic where she's like, and you can feel it. Cause like, I know not from being bitten from anything, but anytime I've gone surfing and I've been held under too long, you come up and you have this like, sort of like this quick breath, like you're breathing breathing. panic. Yeah, Yeah. It's like this panic, fast breath. So we get that that sense from her uh immediately right so oh my god so then speaking of oh god she gets pulled under a couple more seconds and release and all we hear is her scream oh god um yeah and you feel it right you feel it right in your gut matt as an audience member
2: oh and it's dark too so it's brilliant oh my god it's also a little bit you know off-putting you know you can't really get exactly a sense of what's going on completely either
3: no no of course not and then you know we're we're kind of cross cutting back with our gentleman callers laying on the beach and he's sort of talking yeah. but he eventually just passes out he can't hear her screams at this point it's just so sad oh so she gets yanked back and forth like a dog playing tug of war um
0: yeah.
3: she's chrissy is pulled left she's pulled right she's pulled towards the camera away from the camera and all the while no shark can be seen um but we see it Maddie we see it in our minds right it's there yes, we know we, we know yep. what it is um, but it's brilliant because you know this is why one of the reasons why I love this this scene so much in this opening is because we don't see it we really don't see it at all we have no idea it could be anything we know it's a shark because we're there to see a movie about a shark but there's nothing there we're using our imagination. Then So it's basically
2: Spielberg. Spielberg is the shark, and the audience
3: members are—he's
2: playing with us in his
3: mouth. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. It's so Hitchcock, you know. So then we hear what to me is the worst thing to hear as an audience member from Chrissy. It hurts. Oh, oh God, Maddie. Oh God. Like, when is this going to end? Please, please make this scene stop. When she screams, it hurts. It's you really feel it. Everybody feels it at that point. It's just awful, you know. So this is probably, you know, I hate to say my favorite part, but it really, it just, it's brilliant. So she gets yanked towards a buoy and then she grabs on for dear life. And for a second, uh, we think she's going to be okay, right? She's like, she's she grabbed might. onto something and oh, she's going to be okay. But no, Maddie, she is ripped from the buoy and pulled towards right towards the camera to be heard one last time. And then she disappears under the water. So, yeah. To me, Maddie, this is one of the scariest, most suspenseful opening scenes in horror history. Not and that
2: calm, that, that eerie calm that follows. Oh. Oh. But listen to this, Maddie.
3: Not one image of blood, not one frame of a monster can be seen. All we know and all we see is a girl screaming for her dear life. And, and she's in water that no one can hear her. So yep. to, to me, that's like, that's just pure genius that's like uh, amazing filmmaking where you don't see blood you don't see blood coming out of her mouth you don't see gore you don't like you never see a fin you don't see anything it's just her being nope. yanked back and forth like that is filmmaking right there that's that's I two horror. dudes
2: two dudes running on a beach back and forth apparently right that's what they say yeah the, uh, the
3: yeah yeah they had it and they, they had to give her like code words right to say if she started to hurt and stuff like that um because she got she got yanked around man I think she got hurt a couple times um but wow, yeah, back. Dude. Wow, yeah. I just uh, to me that's that's my number one, just for that reason because it's just brilliance right there. You know what I mean?
2: I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, you know, you put Scream at two, and I'm like, what the hell could P he possibly put above this? But now <laughs> I, I totally see what you, yeah, what you did there.
3: No, it's good. I love Scream, but come on, Matt. Oh, yeah. Just, oh no, I agree. With
2: you. I agree. Yeah. Oh,
3: it's crazy. I agree with you. But anyway, I am excited, Matt. We are at your number one. What's your number one, buddy?
2: Uh, I think you wouldn't. You won't be so surprised. What my number one is? Um, my number one.
1: Halloween night. A small American town. Fifteen years ago. <laughs> Nicole? Halloween.
0: I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply
2: evil.
3: Louis. Oh.
2: the original OG baby oh. the, the reason why we do this podcast yes, pretty much um, yeah
3: it's like what started it for both of us right
2: for sure uh, simple pure cinema purely cinematic everyone knows the opening I mean you've seen it a hundred times steady POV steady cam shot from behind a tree up to a house you know the legend of how this crew tirelessly you know turned this broken down crack den into a presentable home for this, the first shot of the film that actually took place on the final day of principal photography. Yeah. <laughs> um, how crew members are virtually dressing the set in the next room before the camera got there. Mm. Um, you know, second by second, basically how Deborah Hills was the hand that pulled the knife out of the yes. drawer. I mean, how, how our fans have become accustomed to these, you know, these, these infamous inserts, you know, the same thing with, uh, what was it sleepway
3: camp? Yeah. Who's, uh,
2: who's standing at the, wasn't it, uh, ricky standing at the
3: thing before judy's killed or something it's ricky well i think ricky did most of the um yeah and that close-up of the hand right yeah yeah he was always the killer when anytime you saw the hand or whatever right you know what i mean yeah
2: mm-hmm. so these things are famous these inserts are you know are fam- very famous uh, and again you have tasso uh, tom savini's buddy when uh, pamela Voorhees loses her head and she's reaching for it and the de- hairy hands come up yes in frame um and uh, you know, because horror filmmakers and actors, they love to disclose these juicy little tidbits. know, you don't see you don't see men in porn films doing this though. Mike. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, yeah, I do all the acting that scene, but for uh, the close-ups and inserts, yeah, they use some other dude's dick. Um, somehow, that's just <laughs> it's just not as fun, is it? No. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I digress. One, uninter-
3: one uninterrupted shot,
2: right, Mike? Yeah. We all, we all know that Carpenter very cleverly cut as the mask slides over young Michael's head, right? Yes, that's their,
3: that's their cut point, yep. Well, but it, it... But was that the only edit, Mikey?
2: No, mm. it wasn't. We found out, uh, it's a really great interview from like 98, from like when Carpenter was doing vampires. Uh, he was doing a press tour for that, and somebody interviewed him, and he really goes back into Halloween pretty uh, pretty in-depth. You know, and that's when I heard it in that interview. Uh, you could probably find that on YouTube. Um, actually, our buddy Peter um, sent it to me one time oh, a couple cool. of months ago. But uh, after he knights his sister, if the camera navigates that tight corner before gliding down the staircase. Yes, there is indeed another cut in that ah. dark space um, there. Uh, but the genius, Mike, the genius of this scene will never be diminished, nor can it ever, ever be overstated. It's just, it's just too good. So It's so good, in fact, it took me several hundred views before I began to have logic, questions about its logic, Mm. right? Look, the final reveal is brilliant, and it's so brilliant because you only find out at the very end of the opening scene that the POV is actually that of a six-year-old child. Right. Because if that twist were revealed any sooner, Mike, we'd all be asking ourselves the obvious question. How is a six-year-old, how is it that a young little six-year-old boy can so clearly see his sister and her boyfriend making out through a side window of the house? Yeah. I mean, six-year-old, maybe what, three and a half, four feet tall, and that's if right. they're Amazonian, right? Yeah. Yet this kid, his vantage point, as he plays Peeping Mikey, instead of Peeping Tom here, it's that of someone well over six feet tall. I guess Carpenter must have cut the POV shot of uh, Michael awkwardly sliding a large crate or picnic table over the window there, and uh, Michael <laughs> perching on top so they can get a good look. First pre-pubescent eyeful of what sexuality is. I think he cut that part that was left on me uh, on the floor. <laughs> speaking of prepubescent eyes, Mike, mine were also fixed upon this at an extremely formative age of uh, eight. As in, I just turned eight 12 days before this premiered on NBC back on October 30th of 1981. Wow! So really, I was still seven in the matter of speaking. I just turned eight, right? Yeah. Um, so the reason that's so important is seven and eight-year-olds have them highly impressionable creatures. Mm-hmm. I mean, they pretty much tend to believe what they see, especially on TV. They tend to believe that that's real. But when I saw Judith and her boyfriend go upstairs and that very same boyfriend hastily stumbles down the stairs exactly 68 seconds later, <laughs> it was cemented in my brain that, hey, I guess that's how long this sex thing is supposed to last. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's pretty much ruined me for my whole life. I, I put needless to say, I couldn't come to draw. And um, thanks. <laughs> thanks, nameless blonde dude. Um you know, it doesn't account for and that doesn't even account the 68 seconds by the way it doesn't account for the time spent walking to and from the bedroom and the arduous clumsy act of undressing.
3: Right, right.
2: So this nameless blonde sexual dynamo practically invented premature ejaculation for Christ's sake <laughs> for a generation. So thank you.
1: Um,
2: the sex equals death trope is on full display here but I'm adding a variable to that equation based on how Judith addresses the fact that her little 6-year-old brother supposed to be under her care, right? Yeah. The boyfriend puts the mask on, and she said, oh, Michael's around somewhere. So here's my new equation, Mike. Sex plus flagrant irresponsibility yes. equals death. Yeah. Because she has no care in the world where Michael is. A six-year-old, he's around somewhere. Is that what you're going to tell your parents when he, when they come home when he's not there?
3: But isn't he with uh, Mrs. Blankenship from Mike, Halloween 6? <laughs> there's no way, Mike, because... <laughs>
2: This is 1978, and there's no Mrs. Blankenship yet. Are you sure? Um, I
3: thought she was there. I'm
2: positive. <laughs> and when the killers finally revealed to be an innocent-looking six-year-old boy, as that crane shot pulls back on the cozy, cozy suburban neighborhood, horror mm-hmm. cinema was just never going to be the same again. Ugh. I saw my street. I saw my neighborhood. Oh, my God. And it wasn't just Haddonfield's Night in there, Mike. It belonged to all of us.
3: It really did. Good point. <laughs> It's brilliant, dude. It's so good, man. So good. It's like like we said, this is this is the movie that, you know, when we first met. We started talking about this movie. You know, this is what started our friendship, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's brilliant, dude. And, you know, this is this is why I became obsessed with Steadicam. you know what I mean? It was like, "Oh my god, you know, how can we get yeah. a shot like that, you know?" How? And now it's funny. It's like there's so many there's so many. I have like two, two not steady cams, but I have two like, like, uh, gimbals, you know what I mean? That I have one for my phone and one for my, yeah. my work camera, and I can get shots just like that, no problem. It's like, it's so accessible now, you know, where back then it was like crazy to get a shot like that, you know? It's nuts. But, wow. So yeah. True. Well, I think we picked a, a good five each, you know? I'm kind of, uh, I'm proud of my list and I'm proud of yours, you know? I, I think they that yeah so. it's pretty different so that was a good one dude good good five yeah. and i'm that's happy really fun. I'm, I'm happy we're back into a top five again you know i think people have been asking for it so it's good
2: yeah well we gave it to them yeah. hot
3: and wet baby <laughs> that's it but we have we have more in store uh for anyone that would like to uh subscribe to our patreon so that's going to be our first bonus episode. It's going to be up uh, probably this week. So if you guys want to check out our Patreon, subscribe, you will hear our, uh, we have some other, other horror openings that we're going to talk about. So yeah, we will talk about picks. that. Yeah. So sure. so please consider, Correct. Uh, yeah, please consider uh, contributing to our Patreon and being a subscriber because, uh, you know, we would really appreciate it. It would help us out. And uh, like I said, you're going to get something out of it, which would be great, you know. Awesome. So I'm excited. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm excited too.
2: I I really hope that people are are interested in, uh, in, in, you know, making that plunge.
3: Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think people will be pleasantly surprised with the content that we're gonna, we're gonna provide, you know, it'll be great. And like I said, it's not just going to be episodes. It's going to be video content, uh, these articles that we're going to be writing and uh, a bunch of other fun stuff. So, um, yeah, we're super psyched uh we got some good ideas you know so um yeah so I'm psyched Matt it's it's it kind of feels I feel like uh when we do this like first podcast for the Halloween season it kind of gets me uh on a roll like I'm pumped now now I want to go and like get some movies out and uh you know I actually started decorating the other day so I have some of my decorations out outside um which is cool and I started decorating the inside of my house how about you have you gotten to that at all yet
2: I, I saw Rosie was helping you.
3: Yeah, yeah, I posted a picture of Rosie out on the porch helping me uh, with the little my skeleton guy in the background sitting on the porch. So <laughs> no, it's I haven't cute.
2: pulled the trigger on that yet, probably yeah. this
3: weekend. Yeah, no, it'll be good. I think if the weather stays consistently a little cooler, it'll definitely get there. But so, you know, real quick, Matt, like what, you know, we talked about, we always talk about Christine as like our go-to like September. So what would be a film that you would like to put on or you like to like a film habity kind of thing that kind of gets you in the mood, like maybe once we get closer to October, like not October yet, but like close. Like, what's one you go to?
2: I mean, trick or treat.
3: Yeah, I was gonna say that too. That's funny you, you said that because that that's mine. I love putting trick or treat on when it's like a week before, uh, a week before October. You know what? Another one is for me is the uh, WNUF Halloween special. Always got to go to that. Oh one. yeah. Oh, I love that movie so much. So so fun. And I know, uh, I know that the director Chris is actually doing a sequel to that yes, as well. La
2: Martina, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's, it's all it takes place in the '90s, so that's going to be really fun. You know, um, I so saw he cool. was one of the commercials. I think it's like for like Super Soakers or something like that. I saw him. Oh, it was like great. behind the scenes shot working with some kid, and he's like standing behind a tree, and he's in like '90s clothes. You know what I mean? Um, so so I, I can't wait, dude. That's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun.
2: Yeah, we love, I love that guy. I love that that movie's great.
3: Oh, it's brilliant, dude. It's so great. It's just like a fans movie, you know. It's so good. So uh so yeah, some, so
2: some yes, yeah, so some observant fan I think is uh it was too near maniac or buddy. Yeah. Um, he, he noted when I posted the um the Friday the 13th uh Yeah. from, from Crystal Lake in Manhattan that I put little Jason up there. Yeah, the little
3: Jason figure, yep.
2: With the button in the background. He, he said, "Is that the, is that the one you got um <laughs> On the WNUS episode from Mike, I was like, "Yeah, I saw that. that.
3: That was crazy." Yeah, because remember it was your birthday, and I like gave you presents what? during the during the episode.
2: Yes. It oh was. my yes, god,
3: yes. that's so funny. Yeah, that's that's a real fan right there. You know.
2: Yeah, we have some deserving fans for sure.
3: Yeah, speaking of, we got to do another fan show. Maybe that'll be a good one for uh, for like after Halloween. You know, do another fan show. We we'll get two more fans um sure. cuz that was a fun episode to have, you know, uh, have those guys in and and talk to them and, you know, have them sort of be a part of the podcast and I think it was kind of fun, you know. Wow man, anytime. It's great. So cool, Matt. So uh so we got some exciting stuff coming up. Everyone check out our Patreon. Uh please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, and then like i said we got a commentary coming up that people are going to be super psyched about and uh, we got some other we also stuff. have uh,
2: well i don't want to tease it but there's another episode that we're going to put in there too um, i don't know if we want to tease it or not sure Maybe. go for it
3: why hold so, back
2: <clears throat> so we're going to also st- sticking with the halloween theme because um, we try to do original stuff around The Halloween movies Mm -hmm. we're going to be picking or we're going to be doing yet another top five but Mm -hmm. this one is a top five characters um from the Halloween universe, Halloween universe
3: yeah which is cool we we tend to do that though right we'll do like a theme we'll do one or we'll do like two or three episodes that sort of all have to do the same kind of uh film series so I'm excited about that one because I think it's kind of cool people don't really think about that but I definitely have a lot of uh, characters that I think you're going to be surprised by Maddie, that I'm going to pick uh, and then some I do that, too And then some that you probably won't be surprised by
2: <laughs> Well certainly you won't be surprised by one or two of mine either
3: Yeah but that's going to be fun So yeah to, we're going to do a top five Our favorite characters from the Halloween series Which is going to be great yep. You know, It's going to yeah, be no good way. My number one is uh, I'm just going to say it right now My number one is uh, Buster Rhymes from uh, Halloween Resurrection Yeah <laughs> Oh mine was Tyra Banks, dude. Oh see, there you go. We're done. We don't even have to do it, Matt. It's just let's just forget it. It's fine. We don't have to do it. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. But uh but anyway, so thanks everybody for listening. And uh Matt, you gonna leave us with something?
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. If you find yourself alone in the dark, remember the words from an ever youthful, immortal poet and also lead singer of the doors, Jim Morrison. When he sang, Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. And as the film unspools, one nakedly simple, stark fact is the only thing that's keeping you from screaming, from careening over that steep cliff into the endlessly dark chasm of madness that waits for you below. It's only the beginning. And the beginning usually holds the most promise. The beginning of a trip. The beginning of a good meal. The beginning of a relationship. You're filled with hope at the start. And it's smooth sailing. Until it isn't. But please remember, this is only the beginning. There's still time for everything to even out. To return to normal. To rest back control of our elusive sanity. Shhh. The ceremony is about to begin. And this is my favorite part.
3: On second thought,
0: who knows? Maybe it is time to start screaming.
3: Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll uh we'll see right. you soon. Take care. Take care.